Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Team Performance, Winning Ways in Uncertain Times. My name is Christian Napier, and I am joined by my illustrious colleague, the brains behind this operation, Spencer Horn. Spencer, how are you? I am fantastic, Christian. Always so great to be with you. Love to talk with you, and and, uh, thank you for having me. Thank you, Spencer. Well, we're recording this episode on Monday, the 23rd of March in these uncertain times. Uh, what's uh, going on these days with you and yours? <laughs> well, uh, some excitement in our household, for sure. We just had our son, our 21-year-old son, return from the Philippines, along with an, almost another 1,600 uh, young men and women who were over there Uh serving uh, missions and uh, you know they they flew everybody home and we were so excited to uh, to see him and lots of other people were picking their their sons and daughters up a lot of them got a little exuberant and excited and and forgot the social distancing rules and uh, ran over to to see them and so there ended up being a you know quite a group of of people and actually got on the news but uh, of course, the thing that was ironic was the news was in there with the mosh pit, and and uh, there were many of us that that stayed back and, and away, and they didn't they didn't film that. So, uh, just a reminder out there is even though there are, are extraordinary times when you know you you have something exciting and like this, like a son coming home or a daughter that's been gone for well over a year. Um, be careful because we do have a responsibility to each other uh, to help make sure that this uh, this coronavirus does not spread. Well, that's uh, very, very good advice. And most importantly, is he safe? Is everything OK? Everything's OK. We are in quarantine as a family for 14 days. So we got home last night and, uh, you know, we've had some people come over and they stayed in the driveway. We were up on the, on the balcony looking down, but we don't, you know, we're not going near anybody and we're staying in our home. Uh, for the most part, we might, you know, if we can find a remote trail somewhere, might, might go out there, but, but we are quarantining ourselves. All right. Well, if you need anybody to run out and get some groceries for you, you know, just let me know. We'll, we'll fix you up. Thank you. My, my sister-in-law just brought us some this morning and dropped them out on the driveway. And, and so people are taking care of, of us and thank you for that offer. We, we, who knows, we may need that. All right, Spencer, we're glad to hear that your son is safe and that your family's doing okay. And then reunited. Uh, well, we're all, uh, you know, sequestered. <laughs> we're not under quarantine, but, but we're, we're laying low. Um, I did go out and buy a few groceries today because I was running out of some bread and milk, but, uh, other than that, just uh, staying here at home and, and working from home, like uh, so many of our friends are uh, and people that we work with, they're all working from home. That's right. And so we're continuing on this topic of of uh, working remotely. Um, Spencer, before we started recording here today, you had some really interesting things to say about leadership in these uh challenging times. I was wondering maybe if you could just give us some insights on some things that you've been thinking about. Yeah. You know, I, I, I teach a workshop and I, and I coach a lot of executives on this topic. I call the the neuroscience of effective leadership. And maybe someday we can, we can really dig into that. But one of the main messages of this topic is that your reputation and, and impact is really Meant, it's really made or broken under pressure. 
and under stressful circumstances during crises, because it is in those moments of crises or challenge when either our best self comes out or the worst side of us comes out. And so often under pressure, a lot of us make the wrong choice and behave in ways that that come back and, and haunt us. And so the idea is, is that during this crisis, how you are showing up to your team, to your customers, to your clients is going to make a huge impact when we emerge from this. Your reputation as a leader and as an organization is absolutely vital to your success. We can't assume that people understand our, our decisions. And, and if we're not willing to um, give them those reasons, they're going to figure they're going to make them up on their own. In, in the absence of information, people will either assume or they'll they'll go somewhere to to where they think somebody's got an answer for them. And so it's really important that that we are clear in our communication and building trust and building on our existing reputation. There's a there's a saying that I share in my presentation by the Roman, excuse me, Greek philosopher Epicurus. And he said that skillful pilots gain their reputation from storms and tempest. And so I think that leads us into what we want to talk about today. And part of that is how are you communicating and working with with your team. Yeah, I mean, there's so many elements to cover that you just talked about. And it is a big topic, this topic of leadership. This is a small piece of that, but I think it's an important piece now that we're all learning how to work together remotely. And it's been on my mind. And it's the question of how do we have a successful team meeting when we're all operating remotely? Right. And so I had some thoughts on this. Spencer, I know you've got some thoughts on this too. Um, but I think we've all been part of um, remote meetings that have been successful and some that have not been so successful. Spencer, do you have any specific experiences where you've been in a great meeting or where you've been in a meeting where it was a it was a yawner or you just felt like you wasted your time? How about a little bit of both? You know, <laughs> so just not too long ago, actually, before this this whole crisis hit, I was doing a, a webinar with 60 people across the country and I was using a new uh, format, you know, Microsoft Teams, because that's what their organization was using. And the meeting was going great until I had to show a video and the video was lagging and the CEO gets on is like, you know, it's not working. I'm like, oh gosh, darn it. And, and so how I react as the presenter or the moderator in, in that case, do I you know, do I get flustered and, you know, do I act like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. And so I had to recover. And so it was, you know, it was a little bit awkward there for a moment, but you just, you just get on and go on. And the meeting ended up good, except for that. Uh, and we tested it in the, in the beginning to see if it would work, but for whatever reason, it didn't. And so how you recover, that's right. This is a storm or a tempest, you know, how, when things don't go well or as expected, how do you show up and how do you adapt to that? And, you know, you got to be prepared for things to not work. What are you going to say? How are you going to behave? What are you going to do? And, you know, the meeting went on, but it was, it was uncomfortable. And, and I was frustrated because there was a lot of stuff that I wanted to share. It would have had a greater impact if they could have seen it. Well, uh, thanks for giving us a really good example of how to pilot through the storm there, Spencer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not a very big I, storm, but. 
Well, I, I had a, I had a little, a little disturbance, I guess you could say it wasn't a major storm, but, um, yeah, a few weeks ago, I also had a meeting and I was required to present and I had incorrectly noted the start time in my calendar. Oh, and no. I had allocated about 30 minutes you know, to join 30 minutes beforehand to prepare everything because it was on Zoom and it was international. And so I wanted a 30 minute block of time to just test everything and make sure that it was OK. And I wrote the time down wrong. And um, there was a facilitator and he reached out to me and said, oh, well, we're starting in 15 minutes. And I was actually on another call with another team. And I'm like, oh, man. Uh, but with five minutes, we were able to get everything done. And the meeting actually went OK. And, uh, you know, I didn't have to get on there and, and apologize, thankfully, because things worked. Yeah, but you didn't have to say anything about that. You know, you, you know part of the, the metaphor is, is that you want every, everyone you're talking to to see you, you know, gliding smoothly along the water like a swan or a duck, but they're not seeing the feet underneath the water paddling furiously to move you along. Well, speaking of seeing things, that's actually one point I wanted to talk about with these remote meetings. Um, do you use a webcam or not? You know, uh, and I don't know if there's a right answer or a wrong answer because it might depend uh, based on the kind of meeting or based on some technology constraints, bandwidth issues or things of that nature. But what's your thought, generally speaking? webcams for not just the the person who's presenting or leading the meeting but also for the participants yes or no i think it depends and i think if we're talking about team meetings the answer is yes if you're talking about one on one or coaching absolutely because i think it's so important that you are meeting with your team on a regular basis and you are connecting with them it's one thing to to be on the phone and, and hear their voice. It's another to see their body language, to know how they're reacting, to know if they're engaged and with you. And I think it's so important now more than ever that we have those opportunities to engage with our team. Because one of the things that really adds to your reputation as a leader is the empathy that you have and, and empathy, a big part of it, we, we all think, well, it's, it's understanding how their people feel. It's more than that. It's, it's responsible. Responding appropriately to the situation. And so a big part of, of crisis management is to respond appropriately to your team and how they're feeling and uh, to you know their fears and what's going on. And you can do that so much better if you can connect visually as well as uh, through, um, through sound. And so I believe for those types of meetings, it's important. What are your thoughts? Well, Spencer, if I'm, uh, if I'm on camera, then I can't be, uh, multitasking, you know, doing other work or maybe playing solitaire or something, you know, exactly <laughs> during the meeting. So I, now I, I, I can't, or I can't do it in my pajamas either. Right. I, I gotta look well, sure a little you bit can. presentable. Just keep your pajama bottoms on the bottom, but it's true. I mean, I think part of the, so you bring up a good point, you know, yes, you, you, you have to dress up. And I think that's actually one of the things that will help us keep some of the normalcy that we need to have is even if you're working from home, I mean, I'm, I've got my normal clothing on right now, my dress shirt, and not just because I'm talking to you as much as I respect and, and, and uh, care about you, Christian, but because for me, 
is I want to be in the mindset of, of leading and, and working. And it helps me to actually dress the part, to be the part and have those conversations, just like I would if I was face to face. So I like to take away the excuses for people who are wasting time and, and, you know, just playing. I want to, I want to create a, a cadence of, uh, of effort and, and of work and that's what that video, I think, helps. That's my opinion. Well, I think that's a good opinion. of, And I apologize because clearly I'm disrespecting you because I'm wearing a hoodie while we're recording this conversation, <laughs> even though I can see you. But I do have a polo underneath it. Uh, the big Looks question beautiful. is, are you wearing the pajama bottoms or do you have your uh, you, you're wearing your khakis? Your I have my jeans on. I you do, your jean. all I right, do, all I do right. have nice socks on, but no shoes. But it's like the sportscasters, right? <laughs> I see him with a suit jacket on and then they get out from behind the desk and they've got jeans on and tennis shoes. Exactly. Exactly. I do admit that I am doing that. Well, one thing that I think is important about using the webcam is make sure you use it effectively, right? Yeah. Um, One of the problems I have with my laptop is my laptop has a chin camera. This is a camera that's mounted on the bottom below the screen. People see up your nostrils. Exactly. If I'm using that camera, I'm looking. You're, everybody's looking right up my nostrils. So when it, when you talk about building reputation in a time of crisis, the last thing I want people to do is try to diagnose whether I have COVID nineteen by looking at my nostrils and see if I'm congested. <laughs> so camera is camera is important, and and the setting that you're in is also important, right? I mean, if you're if you're in a room that's totally trash and it's got junk all over. Um, or if you're backlit because your window's open and nobody can see you because you're totally shrouded in dark mystery, uh, then the webcam's probably not that effective. What are your thoughts on using that web camera effectively, the lighting, the position, et cetera? So I typically like to have a, a light on my face. Uh, I like to have a soft light. So there's, there's not shadow. And if, if I don't like the office that I'm in, I will put a green screen behind me. And zoom has a great option. If you have, you know, if your if your office isn't, isn't quite what, what you'd like it to be, if you have a little green screen and it's cheap, you can get a, a green screen for very little money you can choose the background that you want and it's it's a lot of fun uh most people are are wowed by it there with microsoft teams you can actually uh fuzz the background and only highlight yourself and that's really cool as well if you just want to eliminate distractions from from those that are watching you so i i think it's for for very little effort you can set up uh, a, a nice visual so people can see your face that they can connect with you easier when they can. Um, and that just makes the, the interaction so much more effective. What are your thoughts? Well, I got a couple of thoughts. Number one, you're standing to do this podcast, That's right? And you got a really cool desk that allows <laughs> you to sit at your desk or lifts up and then you can stand. Do you find that you feel more effective if you're standing instead of sitting? I do. And, and, and because I, I want to have more energy in, in my voice, I mean, you know, we're not jumping around while we're here, but by standing, it just, it changes the physiology. And so that's kind of what I've been talking about earlier about dressing up and, and sometimes you need to stand up. If you're having an important conversation, um, stand up, it, 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 it conveys more energy. It just, people will feel it, even though they don't know that you're standing per se. 
I think it helps you to be more confident and express that through your voice. And these little things matter in how you show up and cementing and creating your reputation. Well, I have to say the coolest thing about watching you stand up while you're delivering this podcast here is that you are backlit by the light on your ceiling. So Spencer, <laughs> that's not your good. head is surrounded by a halo of light. Mm. You look angelic, oh, like, like you are sent from above to, to help us, uh, understand what it's like to, to, uh, deliver an effective, uh, presentation or lead a team effectively. You're making remotely. me watch. You, you have such beautiful prose, Christian. I mean, well, what else would you expect from an accounting major? Right? <laughs> no, I know you're an artist uh, more than just a numbers man. You are definitely an artist. Well, I want to come back to another point that you raised earlier, Spencer, and that is you mentioned that you delivered this presentation, you tested everything out, and then it still didn't work. Yeah. And this is often a challenge with remote team meetings is the technology sometimes doesn't work the way we expect it to. So what are some things that we can do in your view to, to minimize the risk that you have a technological failure that ends up um, derailing your meeting? Well, one of the things that I recommend if you have this available to you, if you have a team of people, have them working in the background to to work on some of those things, to, to moderate questions. It, it, again, depends on, are you doing this with a small group or a large presentation? And I think if you have a large presentation like I did, you don't want to have to worry about all the technology. You would like to have someone take care of that for you. So if there is uh, an issue then you can say, hey, you know, my team is working on it. My suggestion would be is be prepared for that. Um, plan to, you know, what would what would happen if your screen can't advance? I mean, what would you do without your slides? If you were presenting with slides, if you're not just having a regular meeting, go on with without those. What would you what would happen if temporarily the picture went out? Could you continue that and and just say, listen, you know, we're going to continue to have our conversation. I, I think a big part of that is just mentally being prepared for the presentation to go out. I, I speak a lot publicly. And so I have to be prepared, prepared mentally for things not to work. Because if I get there and things aren't working and my, my headspace is all focused on, oh my gosh, this is not going to work. My presentation is going to fail. It certainly will. And again, that's that's a huge impact on our reputation. So during this time, I think I'll give you an example. I am right after we talk, I'm getting on to practice with a presentation I'm doing with a group of people in Canada tomorrow and Wednesday. And the person who is is uh, leading this group, he's setting up the meeting on his Zoom account. And so this is new for him. And so we are practicing together on we're just going to go through a few things, how it works and how the, the run of, of the meeting is going to go. So we're rehearsing because we're going to have, you know, 30 people on, on that call and it still may go awry. Right. But he's going to be working that in the background while I'm presenting. I mean, that's really important. As you mentioned, from a, a reputation and a credibility perspective to, to uh, stay in control, so to speak, not just control of the presentation, but also control of your emotions and, right. and to be level headed and cool. The other thing that I think is really important is people have a finite amount of time to participate in meetings and you don't want to waste their time trying to troubleshoot things. Right. So if you can prevent it by rehearsing ahead of time, 
then that's great. What you're what you're demonstrating to your team members, to your colleagues is I value your time and I've made the effort to make sure that things work ahead of time. On the on the other side of the fence, once the thing is going, if you run into a technical challenge, as you said, you don't have to be beholden to doing it a certain way. Just just pivot. And one of the things that we do, I do in my presentations is an online poll. And I have people go to a, a website where they actually type in answers to a poll and it will show up on the screen. Well, sometimes that that may not work correctly. And so how do you how do you adapt? I mean, just, you know, that's where you actually start asking questions. And, and you know, one of the things you asked earlier, do you do you always have a webcam? And I said, it depends. And I think there's a situation where. Uh, you know, you're making a, a presentation and you want to have them focused on the slides and not you. Uh, and that could be a big group where they don't need to, you don't need to see them because that's a distraction to you. You're maybe presenting to, you know, a group of 50, 100, 200 or more people. Um, you certainly don't want to hear them or see them. You want to be focused on, on delivering. And in those cases, I think you can get away with not having that webcam. All right. Well, you know, we were joking a little bit earlier about turning off the webcam so I can play solitaire or whatever while, while, you know, somebody's talking in the meeting and I don't really need to pay attention and nobody needs to know. But that really takes me to my last point here, which is etiquette. When it comes to these meetings, generally speaking, tell me if I'm off base here, but generally speaking, I think the the meeting etiquette for remote meetings should be pretty much the same as the meeting etiquette for in-person meetings. You know, I, if I'm, I shouldn't be playing on my phone in an in-person meeting, then I shouldn't be playing on my phone in a remote meeting. For example, uh, if I'm supposed to be on a time in a, uh, in-person meeting, I should be on time for the remote meeting. You should actually what be there you, early. What, yeah. So what do you, yeah. What do you think about remote team meeting etiquette versus in-person team meeting etiquette? Well, I think it needs to be the same. I, I My struggles when I go into an organization and people are showing up for their meetings right on, on time, there's really no time to connect with, with people and, and really get into the meeting on time. If you show up on time, it's hard to jump right into that meeting and actually be on time. I believe that as a host, I want. I think it's important that you're there early. I just had a, a meeting yesterday with about ten people, and the people that were leading the meeting, including myself, I said, "Be on early," because as people come in, your team members, we want to be able to greet them. We want to be able to to talk to them and and help them. Just you know, having that one on one interaction that builds trust. If we're just talking generally to everybody, there's it's it's less personal, and so we want to be able to have real conversations. Be it early. I like that a lot, Spencer. It reminds me, my daughter was on drill team in high school. Her coach had the saying, which my daughter totally lives by: "Early is on time, on time is late." Late is unacceptable. So that was that was kind of the model that she lived by. Now, you have to understand cultural context here. I got a little anecdote I got to share. So I've done a lot of work around the world and different cultures understand the concept of time a little bit differently. And uh, I did a lot of work down in Brazil and um, (laughs) I love Brazil. My friends in Rio, they're amazing. I absolutely adore Rio de Janeiro. It's one of my very favorite cities on the planet. But people in Rio are not known for being 
on time for meetings the way that we in the U.S. or maybe in Northern Europe would consider on time. And I remember one meeting we were sitting in there, we were waiting for the chief operating officer to show up so we could start this meeting. We waited for an hour beyond the meeting time for him to appear. He came an hour later, and when he got there, he lectured everyone on the importance of being on time to meetings. I just thought it was hilarious. I just thought it was wonderful. It was wonderful. So you have to take the cultural context into consideration because a meeting in Brazil is going to start 15 to 30 minutes late, guaranteed. You know that. It's okay. It's okay. In, in, in our culture here in the United States, that might be a little bit different. Maybe being early is appropriate. Um, but it's, it's fun to, to see the cultural nuances when we're dealing with people around the world. I, uh, you know, I had a great mentor, uh, and I'm not ashamed to say Kelvin Cullenware was his name, but this was my first job out of college. And I, I was, um, vice president of this, this company and he, uh, was just a great leader great experience. And I remember showing up late one time and it could have been for traffic or whatever. And it was an executive team meeting. And he, and I came in and he says, you know, Spencer, I, I know you, you don't mean to send this message. Um, but by you not being here on time, it says that you're more important than everybody else here that made it on time. It says if, if, if traffic is bad plan for it, be here on time because you are, sending that signal. And that's part of your reputation, right? It is being how people view you. Are you, do you feel you're more important by not showing up on time? You have other things. I mean, what other conversations, what other meetings are more important than, than this team right here and sending the signal that, that you want to send to this team, that you are a person that has their best interest at heart. Wow. Well, obviously that lesson sticked with you or stuck with you. Maybe the proper tense here of my verbs. Uh, that lesson definitely stuck with you because you remember it to this day. And I'm sure that it has kind of formed your or influenced your behavior moving forward. It has. All right, Spencer. Well, I think I've covered everything that I can think of. Is there anything else uh, when it comes to successful remote team meetings that you think we need to touch on before we conclude? You know, I think, you know, there's going to be things that come up in in the meeting, just like normal. You know, you you have an agenda. You talk about what needs to, you know, what you need to to do and, and be focused. And I love the point that you said earlier, and that is, is use your people's times their time wisely. So be prepared, have an agenda, stick with that agenda, end on time. Not only start on time, end on time, because people have other places to go and they want to, they want to know what to expect. And that shows them that you respect their time as well. And make sure the meet this same Kelvin that I was talking about, he he would always say, you know, it takes an awfully good meeting than to have no meeting at all. And I believe we need to have meetings because there's so much good work that can happen. But when you have them, make sure that they're effective. And that means planning, preparation, and uh, and that you're adding value to those who are participating. Well, speaking of ending on time, that probably about wraps it up for us. I think uh, the time for me has been well spent. I always uh, feel like I've learned something when we have our little conversation, Spencer. So thank you very much for imparting your knowledge and wisdom. For those who want to get a hold of you want to learn more about what uh, makes Spencer Horn tick, where can they find you? Reach out to me via email, spencer at altium leadership. That's A-L-T-I-U-M 
leadership.com or you can go to our website, altiumleadership.com. And Christian, thank you so much. It was great to be with you. And, and I love to, to learn from you and, and hear so much great wisdom from you. Thank you, Spencer. Anyone who needs to reach out to me, you're more than welcome to reach me at cnapier at gp4.com. That's gpfour.com. Spencer, thanks again. It's been a lot of fun and we'll talk soon. Thank you. 